Hello and welcome. This is Murder Incorporated. I am Buddy. And I'm Harley. You ever have one of those days where your neighbor blows his grass onto your lawn and you think, I'm going to get that guy? Well, Howard Unruh did. This is the first mass shooting in American history. And here's Harley. Thank you, buddy. That was excellent, as always. Thank you, sir. Let's hear about this. All right. So, Labor Day, 1949. Everybody's cooking on the grill, you know. That's right. Hot dogs, hamburgers. It's America, man. Let's yep. do this. Yeah. And uh, Henry Unruh decided he's going to go to the movies. Okay. So, he left his New Jersey apartment and headed to the Family Theater in downtown Philadelphia. Unruh, however, wasn't interested in the pictures. He was supposed to meet a man with whom he'd been having a week-long affair. Weeks-long affair. Oh, okay. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. And this is 1949. To be a gay man is not easy. Yeah, exactly. All right. I mean, family members shun you. I mean, you know how it is back then. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember it very, very vividly. <laughs> so, unfortunately for 28-year-old Unra, he got held up in traffic. Oh, man. When he reached the theater... His date was gone. Oh, poor guy. So he just sat in the dark until 2.20 a.m., just sitting there, working himself up into a frenzy, pissed off about this traffic, mad that he didn't get a quickie with his buddy. <laughs> so at 3 a.m., he gets home to New Jersey and finds that his newly constructed fence, one he erected to quell an ongoing feud with the Coens next door, had been tampered with. Uh-oh. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. The gate was missing. Oh, man, his gate? This was the final straw. Man, you don't mess with a man's gate, though. Come on. This has been brewing for years. Okay. Unra had been contemplating killing several of his Kramer Hill neighbors. Oh, jeez. Over petty squabbles, perceived slights, and the name-calling. Oh, man. It's, it's, I mean, it's almost the 50s, so. He was being know. bullied. Yeah. Because of it, you know, there was rumors that he was gay. Ah, okay. And he had been coming, just got back from World War II. Okay. He had medals. He fought. He was part of a tank unit. Okay, yeah. He said, I fought for this country, and then I come back here? Yeah, and he gets bullied. talk crap about me gay? Yeah. I thought I fought for these rights so that everybody could live how they want. Hey, man. I don't blame him for that. Yeah. So he's pretty upset. He's also pretty paranoid. Okay. So you know how it is. You get, you get... You know, psycho sometimes. So you get like, you know, when you freak out on people for no reason. What are you trying to say? What are you trying to say? I'm just kidding. But you know, something small, you don't say anything. And then, you know, something small that you don't say anything and don't confront the situation. And then in your mind, it gets, yeah. Yeah, bottles up. And yeah, then eventually you snap. Yeah. Snap is a good word to use in this situation. Obviously, you snapped a little too much. So about 7 a.m., September 6th, 1949. Unra ate breakfast. He lived with his mother, by the way. Okay. So his mother made him breakfast. And then she left to go see a neighbor. The neighbors that are bullying him? No, no. <laughs> At about 9.20 a.m., armed with his Luger P8 eight-round magazine. Uh-uh. And he had more ammunition stored in his pockets. He left his apartment and walked out under River Road. At 9.20, Mr. Unra, a slender six-foot-four man... Wow, he's a big guy. This is the best. Wearing a brown tropical suit, a white shirt, and a bow tie. Oh, nice. 
stepped out into the street and walked to the shoemaker's shop on his block, pulled out his 9mm German Luger pistol, pointed it at the owner, John Pilarczyk. Oh. Only 27 years old this guy was. Oh. He said, And this is a quote. I leveled the gun at him. Neither of us said nothing, and I pulled the trigger. Oh, wow. Mr. Unruh told a psychiatrist a month later. He had a funny look on his face. He staggered back and fell to the floor. I realized that he was still alive, so I fired one into his head. Wow, not even thinking twice. No, not at all. Jeez. Anybody that said a friggin' word to him, he's after them. All these people that have, like, he's got imaginary fights going on in his head with. Yeah. They all, he's very paranoid that people are looking down on him because he's gay. Okay. And that everybody knows that he's going to these gay bars and stuff like that. All right. Which they very well could be doing. Mm-hmm. Of course, somebody's going to admit to that after the fact. Then... He went to the tailor shop looking for the owner, Thomas Zagrino. Sadly, instead he found the man's wife, Helga. Mm. She screamed when Unruh walked in with a Luger in hand, mm-hmm. understandably. I mean, so loud that people across the street heard her screaming. Oh, wow. Then the gun blasted again and again, and Mrs. Zagrino pitched over dead. Unruh walked out on the street again. Then he entered the barber shop, and this is sad. He shot Oris Smith. Six years old. Oh, jeez. He was getting his hair cut, and he was sitting on the horse like they had a little... Yeah. Like a carousel that the kids could sit on while they get their hair cut. Jeez, the six-year-old? Shot the six-year-old dead. What What the six-year-old do? And well, his, what any of them do, but I mean, it's a six-year-old. Yeah, this I don't he understand. He doesn't even know what gay is. This I don't understand. His mother, Catherine, sat beside him. The barber, Clark Hoover, 33 years old, was the next victim. In his confession... Unruh told how the man had dodged around the barber chair, making it difficult for me to get a clear shot. But I finally got him. I walked over and then shot him in the head. Oh, my God. And left the mother there with her dead child. Wow. It's like he didn't even notice that she was there. Then Unruh approached a tavern, but the owner, Frank Engel, heard the shots. He locked the door behind him and fled with the patrons outside. Oh, went out the back door. Very good. So... Mr. Unruh fired into an apartment window and shot Thomas Hamilton, oh, a two-year-old, in the head. What? I mean, every shot was dead on. This guy had, he was, got marksmanship in the military. I mean, he was a good shot. Oh, my God. So then, after shooting into a restaurant, he fired through the window of a passing car and hit Alvin Day, 24, the oh, television geez. repairman. Mr. Engel, who owned a gun, shot Unruh in the hip. From an upper floor window of the tavern building. Okay. Which didn't seem to phase him at all. Oh, it's like he didn't even notice he got shot. So, after reloading his pistol, he went to the drugstore. Owned by Mr. Cohen, the man he believed took down the gate. So, he's, he's just going around shooting everyone until he finds this guy, or what? He just All these people he's got slates with. Okay. The so, six-year-old and the two-year-old? No, no, no. All, these, all the adults. <laughs> not, so, to, not to laugh at that. No, I know. Case. As... Unrentered, Jason Hutton, 45, an insurance agent, was emerging. So he's like, excuse me, trying to get through. And the guy didn't move fast enough, so he shot him in the head. He said, I wasn't going to shoot him, but he just wouldn't get out of my way. So Mr. Cohen fled to the roof of his apartment above the drugstore. Oh, Mr. Cohen fled to the roof of his apartment above the drugstore with his wife, Rose, hiding in the closet. And they pushed their son, Charles, into another closet. Okay. Unruh shot Cohen in the back, sending him plunging into the street. 
He also shot Miss Cohen, firing through the closet door. Oh, wow. This is terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. Yeah. Also, the pharmacist's mother was there, and he shot at her as she's trying to call the police on him. Oh, my God. Thank God the 12-year-old was unharmed. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Hey, if you, uh, if you feel you have some stories to tell us, or you want to hear anything about, you know, if you know anything about this story, or you think we did, did some good justice here or anything like that, I want you to let us know at Pod, or that's on Twitter, or email us at MurderIncorporatedPod at gmail.com. Let us know how we're doing. Yes, we definitely appreciate that. Yeah. So over the next few minutes, under a shot, Helen Matlick Wilson, 37. Her son, John, only nine years old. Oh, man. Her mother, 68 years old, Emma. She's just going around shooting everyone. He also wounded Charles Peterson, 18, who had approached Mr. Hutton's body outside the drugstore, unaware that the gunman was still there. On his final stop, Unruh broke into a home and wounded Madeline Harry, 36 years old. Jeez. And her son, Armand, 16 years old. So, this is from the newspaper article, the New York Times article. Okay. That won a Pulitzer. I think that's the award the newspapers win, Pulitzer. Yeah. yep. For this great article. It said, children screamed as they tumbled over one another to get out of his way. Oh, jeez. What a terrible man. Yeah. Oh, my God. Men and women dodged into open shops. The women shrill with panic, men hoarse with fear. No one could quite understand for a time what had been loosed in the block. Yeah. Unruh fled to his apartment. So now 50 police officers converge there. Okay. Machine guns and shotguns. And they're just shooting into the apartment trying to get him. Yeah, yeah. So during all this, the assistant city editor of the Camden Courier Post, Philip Buxton, Decided to call the house. Under answered his call. Oh, okay. He said, how many people have you killed? He said, I don't know. I haven't counted. Looks like a pretty good score, though. So it's like a game to him, then. I guess. He's he, just enjoying this. So what why, a sick man. Yeah. He said, why are you killing people? He said, I don't know. I don't know. Doesn't even have reason. Just lost his mind. After the police finally fired tear gas into the building, he came out with his hands held high. Bowtie was still in place. Jeez. And I'll put pictures up of this guy. Yeah. Nerd alert. Nerd alert. It looks oh. like a buddy if he was alive in 1949. It really Thanks, does Harry. look like a buddy. Thanks, Harry. <laughs> Great. <laughs> he must look damn sexy then. Oh, huh? he's very handsome. Yeah, I bet. No, he is. So a search of his room turned up 700 cartridges of ammunition. A book called The Shooter's Bible. The Shooter's Bible. There's a Shooter's Bible, huh? I guess so. Wow. It's on circlepassonly.com. Yep. Yep. Harley's read it a few times. (laughs) Yeah. I've read them all. So, he was using the basement of this building for target practice to get ready for this day. Oh, my God. So, he's had this whole thing planned. Yeah, he was was more angry and more angry. Yeah. Finally, just like, screw these guys, my freaking gate. Yep, the gate was... Hey, just remember that. When, When your neighbors make you mad, just have a peaceful conversation with them, you know? Thank God my neighbors are not violent. Yeah. You never know, yeah. So you live next to a church. You're good. I did have somebody leave a note in my mailbox about my animals being out the other day. Cage up your goats, all right? About my dog. <laughs> so my dog bit their kid. My wife left, left her. So then we found out who did it, and she left her a nasty note in her mailbox. Well, just remember, Harley Newell 
That's his name. <laughs> so when, when he goes nuts, you know. <laughs> so a psychiatric report found that Unruh had felt his neighbors were persecuting him and belittling him because of them thinking of him as a homosexual. Okay. The report described him as a master of suppressed rage who harbored a smoldering anger. Yeah. His brother James said that after he came home from the war, he just wasn't the same man anymore. Oh, yeah. I mean, war changes people. He built I can a imagine. Yeah. He built a shell around himself, and nobody could penetrate it. Yeah. So, moments after he surrendered, a policeman said to him, What's the matter with you? Are you a psycho? He said, I'm not a psycho. I have a good mind. Yeah. Good mind that kills people. Yeah. Yeah. Unra's years in confinement were largely without, you know, nothing spectacular happened. Mm-hmm. In 1995, his public defender, for two decades this guy was representing him, said that he just slept most of the day and watched TV. That's it, huh? Yep. Just a crazy man who lost his marbles, went nuts over a fence, and killed a whole bunch of people, including a two-year-old and a six-year-old and a nine-year-old, right? Yeah. Just children, you know, nothing to do with him. Just went mental. Yeah, that, that's what I don't understand. It's like, how do you shoot a two-year-old? I, yeah, I just, that's, that's, I can't wrap my head around that. No, that's, that's ridiculous. I mean, oh my God. He was later diagnosed as being paranoid schizophrenic. Well, yeah. But at that time, if somebody did something violent, like, they just always said you were crazy. Yeah. So I don't know if I buy that at all. Yeah, well, I'm I mean, sure, definitely had some paranoia, but. I'm sure he had a bunch of PTSD in there, too, from the war and everything. Like yeah. That, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, World War II, whoa. So after they arrested him, okay, a thousand people gathered, and they wanted to lynch him. They wanted the cops to let him out and let them take care of it. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah. So Anra killed 13 people and injured three. Wow. Here's those that were killed and their ages. Okay. Joseph Polarczyk, 27. Mm-hmm. Oris Martin Smith, 6 years old. Jeez. Clark Hoover, 45 years old. James Hutton, 46 years old. Rose Cohen, 38. Minnie Cohen, 63. Dr. Maurice J. Cohen, 39. Alvin Day, 24. Thomas Hamilton, 2. <laughs> Helga Zagrino, 28. Emma Matlick, 68. Helen Wilson, 37. And finally, John Wilson, only nine years old. Wow. So he killed one, two, three kids under the age of 10. That's sick. I just don't understand how you could be that angry that to hurt like children. Like, yeah. Just, you know, it's so weird. I mean, I can understand going crazy and killing adults. And I, I can't really understand it, but I mean, you know, war can change people, you know, being picked on, bullied. You know, feeling like, feeling paranoid and, you know, wanting to go out and just kill your neighbors because they're, you know, bullying you. But yeah. kids, I mean, what do the kids do? You know, the kids did yeah. nothing. Yeah, shooting them right between the eyes. Oh, my God. Unbelievable. Yeah. So that is the very short case of Howard Unruh. Sick what do you think, buddy? Man. It's, it's, it's horrifying, you know? Yeah, it really is. It really yeah, is. just to hear about what, what he did and the, the terrible, I mean, the, the kids are just... Wow. Everyone. You know, those poor souls. You don't seem crazier. What's that? This happens every day in America now. I know. It mm-hmm. really is. Like, you look at one case, and you see the damage this has caused in this town. The ripples across all of these families that are yeah. never the same again. Yep. Yeah. That 12-year-old that hid in the closet, mm-hmm. his granddaughter was in a school in 2018, 
and had to hide in the closet when a school shooter came. Really? Florida, yeah. Really? So it's like... Wow, comes full circle. Crazy. That's insane. We we got a problem with mass shooting in America. Oh, yeah, definitely. There, there's definitely a problem there. We won't go into politics or anything like that or any type of political situation here, but there's definitely an issue here. Yeah, I mean, they... Mm. We have more mass shootings in a month than every other country yeah, in the, the world combined. Do, exactly. It's it has in a year. Like, yep. we had last year, in one month, there was 45 mass shootings. That's, one month. That's sick. It's like, you really appreciate where you live. I'm not that it couldn't happen here. Yep. We're definitely safer than most. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think. We are. We also have too much freedom. And I appreciate the fact that I don't worry when I send my kids to school, which I know it can happen anywhere. I know. It can absolutely happen anywhere. And I, but I, I just. Are you kidding me? I I thought it might happen in my school. In our school. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? We had some crazy people. No, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, I mean, I think about it. You know, I, I go to. I work at a school that there's a lot of people that, you know, they're, they're very, uh, very backwoodsy, if yeah. you will. Yeah. And, you know, I think about that and there's. Who knows, man? Some of those kids could snap. Oh, these kids in the country could get a gun easy. Oh, yeah. That's the thing. They, they all have guns, you know? Yeah, they definitely could get a gun easy. Yeah. Like, I just, I don't know. I just, I'm so grateful that none of this kind of violence has ever touched mine or your family. Yeah. I really, well, I mean, neither my father, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm so glad that my kids have never had to deal with anything like this. I'm just so grateful. You know, a lot of people that, oh, you listen to True Crime and you have a True Crime podcast, it, it's dark. For me... It just makes me appreciate what I have so much more because it really can be taken from you in the moment. Absolutely. Absolutely. It really can. If you guys have anything you want to say to us, yeah. write us at what, buddy? Uh, MurderIncorporatedPod at gmail.com. And where can they find us at Twitter where you're, you're harassing a whole bunch of people on Twitter? Yes, I am harassing anyone that I can find at, I will harass you, at MurderIncPod. That's us. And anything else, buddy? Yeah, you can find us on YouTube. Yes. Search Murder Incorporated Podcast. We have cool videos. Well, we think they're cool. Yeah, we think they are. At least. Well, who knows? <laughs> yeah, they could be stupid and we don't even like them, you know? Or people don't even like them. We like them. My we mom like them likes them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you search us, if you subscribe, you'll be entered into a raffle. Yeah, we got to get more subscribers, though. So, yeah. get on there and subscribe so we can give away some stuff. Yep, and we might even be giving away a... Lamborghini, so subscribe. Yeah, we gotta get big enough for that, though. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else, buddy? That's all I got. All right. Just remember, take the time to tell the ones you hold dear that you love them. Hey, hey! Are you that weird one in your friends group that loves to watch true crime documentaries? Have you ever wanted to learn more about the lesser-known crimes? And are you fascinated with ghost stories? I'm Hannah, the creator, editor, and host of Murder Bucket, a podcast that talks about, get this, murders, paranormal activity, abductions, kidnappings, and weird stuff. Join me every Tuesday, wherever you listen to podcasts, to get the inside scoop on some of the most interesting topics in the true crime world. I am also very active on social media. You can find me on Instagram at MurdBucket, Facebook at BucketMurd, and Twitter at TheMurderBucket.
Hi, welcome to The Jury Room, a true crime podcast. My name is Kevin, and I will be your host on this journey. We will be covering some of the most heinous, some of the most unthinkable, and some of the most monstrous crimes to ever be committed against humanity. We will be covering cannibalistic serial killers, decades-old unsolved mysteries, cold cases, missing person cases, and everything in between. The Jury Room Podcast is available on most major podcasting platforms. Please make sure you go subscribe and leave a review.